keyword research will make or break your blog. If you do not do proper keyword research, it'll be the difference between your site making a couple hundred bucks a month and your site making a few thousand dollars a month. You mentioned earlier about how the old type of blogging is dead, right? So if I were to write an article and I titled it, you know, I ate eggs for breakfast this morning. It's not going to get found on Google anytime soon. No one's going to find that because no one's looking for that. You know, you, you go to Google to answer questions. Welcome to Reinventing Perspectives. Today we have an exciting guest. We have Chris Miles here. Chris, please tell us who are you and what's your mission? My name is Chris Miles. I am a full-time blogger, a YouTuber, and podcast host. I have been doing it now full-time probably since about 2018, 2019, but I've been dabbling in this whole you know, marketing and affiliate marketing thing since around 2015. And uh, when I first got started i was kind of like a serial entrepreneur always doing this business that business but none of them really did too much in terms of revenue to justify continue working with it but um, when we found out in 2016 that we were pregnant with our first son my wife expressed to me that she wanted to quit her job so that she can take care of him full time so i went ahead and tried to make a few things happen a lot of it didn't work out but i did stumble upon blogging and affiliate marketing and the rest is history after that well it's a journey that we can all understand because our audience is early entrepreneurs so thank you so nice. much for taking the time to be with us chris a lot of people say oh blogging is so saturated or if you had entered blogging five years ago or 10 years ago then it would have been worth it but it's so hard to break through now thing that i do hear quite often but i'm going to be honest since about 2015 i've been hearing that and other people that i know who've been blogging since 2010 or so hear that exact same thing that blogging is saturated and that you can't really do anything the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago the next best time to plant a tree is right now you need to jump into these things and just make a decision and go with it blogging is not saturated if you know how to use proper seo or search engine optimization to make sure that your articles are found on Google. Um, I did find an interesting stat. 15 to 20% of all searches on Google are brand new. Like Google has never seen them before each and every year. So there's always a growing number of new questions that need to be answered and new niches and topics that need to be written on that almost anyone can really get started with as long as they have a little bit of a passion for the topic. How did you go from, okay, starting out I'm guessing that you had not done any blogging before to eventually making it into something that was full-time because I think for a lot of people who are inclined creatively that figuring out how to get full-time is something that people struggle with a lot. Yeah, it wasn't easy, okay? <laughs> I'm going to be honest. Trying to figure out something in the very beginning was always tough. I went online like most people do and Googled how to make money online, right? My goodness, all types of stuff starts popping up. Surveys and micro jobs and this passive income here, that passive income. It's a whole bunch of mess. You know, just just like most people, I tried a lot of it and a lot of it didn't really work out or wasn't worth the time or you put so much time into it and you only get very little money back from it. But I did stumble across this guy on YouTube. I think they called him like the lazy stoner. He made it seem like it was so easy uh, talking about blogging and affiliate marketing and some of the strategies that he was using. And he really sold up the whole idea that you didn't have to do much work in terms of getting it set up. And then you'd be able to kind of just ride the wave from there. I bought into it. I figured, you know, if he can do it, I'm pretty sure I can do it. I mean, he goes by the name Stoner, right? And <laughs> so I figured I can at least figure that part out. Like if he can do it, I can do it. So I started working with it. And I realized myself that even though the passive nature of blogging does take time to ramp up, once it's there, it works. But that initial push does require some effort and some work. Once I got past that and trying to figure out the secret sauce, I finally decided to stop worrying about what the secret sauce was and just, you know, bend down and do the work. 
then that's when I started to see some real good results. And in about 18 months or so, I was earning more money than I was working my nine to five at the time. What is enough work? Am I talking one hour every day? Am I talking like two hours every day? Am I talking like 10 articles? Like what is enough work in that beginning stage to kind of get things going? Yeah, getting started is huge, but it's not just getting started and then leaving it alone. You have to work with it. It needs to be cultivated. It's something like a snowball, right? You try to get a snowball rolling down a hill and it's very, very small at the very beginning. But then the more you push it, the bigger it gets and the bigger it gets. And eventually it gets to the point to where it might be going out of control. I also like trying to blog and with affiliate marketing, it's kind of like a relationship or a marriage. The more you put into it, the more you're going to get out of it. So you really want to look at what your goal is. Some people just want to make money on the side to help supplement their income. Some want it to completely replace their income. So whatever your goal is, that's what you need to work towards and then set some time frames. Like what do you want done after a couple of months? What do you want done after six months? What do you want done after 12, 18 and 24? So it really just depends on what your goal happens to be. Now, in terms of practicality, definitely at least an hour or so a day is very, very doable. Now, if you can do more, go for it. You know, if you can do two hours a day, that'd be great. Trying to get at least one blog post out a week, two if you can help it, do that consistently over the course of about a year, you're going to have about a 50 to 100 articles on your site and your site should be doing pretty well in terms of earning probably anywhere between a thousand to three thousand dollars a month. What is affiliate marketing and okay. what is niche blogging. Affiliate marketing is probably one of, in my opinion, one of the better ways to earn an income faster online because it doesn't require you to build your own product and sell it or put it in a package and get it out there. It doesn't require you to have to deal with customer service or anything. If someone were to buy something through one of your affiliate links, then they don't come back to you if they end up having a problem with it or, or returning it, right? Because you're just kind of the middle man or middle person who's just trying to be in the middle of helping people make that purchasing decision. I kind of like like an affiliate marketing similar to if you have a favorite pizza place that you might enjoy going to quite often and you go there so so often that maybe the owner knows your name so every time you come in he's like hey Chris what's going on he's like hey what's going on and then he tells me you know what you're here all the time you obviously love the pizza so anytime you recommend someone come here and they say that you sent them I'll give you 10 bucks and I was like okay that sounds pretty good right so I might go tell my parents I might go tell my friends or whatever you know I might go tell five people and then I make a quick $50 that's nice what if I found a way to tell 20 people or 100 people or 1,000 people, all of a sudden that $10 starts to add up pretty quickly. And that's exactly what affiliate marketing is. You find products that you like, that you enjoy using, and then you recommend it to other people. Uh, there is some ethics stuff you want to be careful of because you just don't want to promote stuff just because there's a good payout on the other side. Usually people can see through that pretty quickly. Using golf as an example, if you buy a driver and you start hitting that driver and you really like it and the ball goes really, really far, what's going to stop you from you know kind of bragging to your friends? Hey, I bought this from the golf shop. You should go buy it too. And all of a sudden you can get a commission from that. What is niche blogging? Niche is just another word for a topic. Those of us who are on this side of the pond, we call it niche sometimes. So you might hear me say niche and niche interchangeably. <laughs> Regardless, a niche is just a topic for your blog. So you think about maybe your favorite YouTuber you might follow or a website you might visit frequently. Their niche is what they generally talk about all the time. That's what their space is. It's kind of like maybe if you're watching TV, you have the Food Network. Food is the niche for that channel. If you're watching the Food Network and you're watching Chopped or whatever your favorite Food Network television show is, and all of a sudden they start talking politics, it's going to kind of throw you off because you weren't expecting them to talk politics. You watch the Food Network 
to talk about food, not to talk about politics, right? So that's why you want to be very specific and to the point. Channels that talk about everything usually don't get very far. In fact, there's an old saying, I think it's Meredith Hill. She said, if you try to talk to everybody, you end up talking to nobody. So being very specific and niche, being focused on your topic will help you reach more people because the people that you do find are going to be more interested in what you have to say. And then once you have an audience of people through blogging or you're attracting them through a blog or a podcast or a YouTube channel or whatever, since they all have a like mindset, you can recommend products that would be interesting to them. So if you had a room full of doctors, you wouldn't try to recommend them some lawyer books, right? If I had a stethoscope, then yeah, that would make sense for that audience of people in the room. So it's the same thing. You're kind of building this audience and then you can start recommending products that they would naturally most likely buy versus someone who is not interested in that topic whatsoever. Does that make sense? It does make so much sense because I think typically what happened is people would start blogging about their life and it's like, what happened today and what happened next yeah. week? <laughs> it defeats the whole purpose. So thank you for directing where people should put their focus and how they should work on yeah. That type of blogging is actually what has died. You know, some people say blogging is dead. It's not dead by any means, but the type of blogging you were just specifically talking about where what I did this morning, you know, what I ate yesterday, that kind of thing. That type of blogging is dead. That's really 2008, you know, type of blogging. Nowadays, um, it's more about providing good information to people, answering their specific questions. When you draw that type of audience, you then have an opportunity to promote something to them and make some money on the back end. What is website investing? Just like any business that generates an income, they can be bought and sold. So if you went and built up a store, you know, maybe it's a convenience store on the corner and it makes a certain amount of money per month, per year. Let's say you wanted to get out of that. Sometimes you can just close the store and then never worry about it again. But most of the time you want to make an exit. You want someone else to come in buy the store, or maybe they want some place to stash some of their money. They want to put it in an investment somewhere and a stable asset like a store where it has enough foot traffic in front of it could be a stable enough asset to purchase. It's the same difference with a website or a blog. Um, these websites online, they're not just there for our health. They're there to generate revenue and to make money. And because they generate revenue so consistently, they're actually pretty good places to invest in them to continue growing. So for example, I can find a website that maybe someone started it. They're passionate about the subject, but they don't really know how to monetize it the best way. Maybe they got it up to like 50 to 100 bucks a month and everything's fine. They don't mind. But then one day they hear that, oh, wait, I can sell my blog. I'm like, yeah, you can definitely sell your blog. So nowadays you can get what's called a multiple of that blog, meaning however much money that blog makes per month, you can multiply that by around 35 to 40 times. So if a site makes $100 a month, that site in itself is worth between three and $4,000. And it gets even crazier after that. So let's just say I bought that site from somebody for, you know, let's say I gave them $5,000 for it. And that would be overpaying, to be honest. But if it's a good niche and a good topic that I like, that I don't mind writing in, then I can now take that blog that's making a hundred bucks, work it up to a thousand dollars. Now, if the site is making $1,000 consistently over the course of around three to six months, I can sell that to somebody else for around thirty dollars to $40,000. So it gets really you know, kind of crazy with the numbers, but that's a great way to invest because it's a skill that you learn on how to grow blogs and increase the revenue with them. And by doing that, you can, in essence, flip blogs like you would flip a house, buying it for a low price and then trying to sell it for something much higher. There is a lot of talk about passive income and people get really excited when they hear about passive income. Could you tell us 
us of like what's been your experience with building up passive income. Yeah. So passive income is one of those terms that get thrown out there really quickly because it's eye-catching, right? It's what everyone really wants. It's true passive income, money that you can earn without actively having to work on it. You know, because usually what we're used to is active and active income is you go to work and you get paid your time and then you're getting money back. Passive income is a little different because now you're trying to invest money in different places so that it can continue to grow for you. And usually you have to pay in either your time or your money, especially when it comes to blogging. If you have a little bit of income or um, some money to invest in either learning or buying a blog, you can then build it up and then you don't have to work directly on it while it still maintains its revenue. So just to make it a little more simple, I can work on a blog for six months and then I can get it up to a few hundred bucks a month, maybe even a thousand dollars a month at the six month mark. So now if I stopped working on the site in month seven and month eight, the site's still generating about a thousand dollars a month without me having to work on it. And that's where the real passive income comes in. Now, is it going to slowly kind of wane over time? Yeah, but usually that wane can be months or maybe even a year or so later. I have blogs that I created back in 2017 that still generate me an income today and I haven't touched them in years. And it's just because they've just been out there and they're ranking for terms that isn't very competitive and no one else has really found it yet. But I'm not telling anybody, <laughs> you know. So some people are throwing out this passive income term all the time. If you really want true passive income, go invest in some index funds or something like that and just let it kind of grow slowly over time. Blogging isn't 100% passive because you do need to work on it every now and then, but definitely does become more passive over time as the site gets bigger and you start to maybe hire writers to write the articles for you. You might hire a virtual assistant or something to do some of the menial tasks for you. And then at that point, you're kind of just the CEO, the whole four-hour work week type of project that you're trying to get set up. And that's how it really becomes passive. Every time people talk about passive income, I always cringe because I'm like, it's usually not as passive as people think it is. <laughs> it's a buzzword that really, that people like to use use it's what people want right they, they want to make money and they don't want to work you know? <laughs> so it's perfect for most people but it is possible if you put the right systems in place I used to work at a bank a long time ago, and I was there for about three or four years. The CEO of the bank, the guy who owned the whole thing, didn't even have a computer on his desk. And I'm like, how is that possible? It's because he hired people to do the work for him. For him, it really was passive income. He'd come in, make a couple of decisions, drink a cup of coffee, and go home. That was his thing. But because he built those systems in place, he didn't just wake up and the next day it was built. It did take some time to kind of procure everything, to get it to the point to where he can remove himself more and more from the business. They always don't work in your business, work on your business. And by doing so, you know, you can get these systems in place. Blogging is a great way to do it. I've been doing it now, like I said, for about seven years or so, and it's been working great. What makes for a person to be able to say, okay, I'm going to start a blog and it's likely to be successful? Like what skills or what tools should a person be thinking about if they're considering becoming a blogger? Yeah, that's a great question, Priscilla, because that's a lot of what I hear is, oh, I have to be a great writer in order to be good at blogging. And to be honest, it does help. Don't get me wrong. You know, if you do know how to write and communicate a thought, that does help. But you don't have to be J.K. Rollins or anything, right? You don't have to be putting together anything ridiculous. All you have to do is be a little bit more helpful than the next person. And that's the way I normally teach people how to do it is Google and writing articles is all about helping the people who land on that article. Well, if someone Googled the phrase, 
you know, how tall is Michael Jordan or something like that. Go to Google, you get the answer. You might even go to a blog to get that answer. And by doing so, you answered the question specifically and to the point. It didn't take a lot of writing to explain how tall Michael Jordan is. You might go into a few other aspects of his life. But at the end of the day, you satisfied the person who searched that phrase and answered their question. Once you learn how to do that, then you just need to be more helpful than everybody else. I'm sure people have probably Googled a phrase. I know this has happened to me. And maybe I didn't find the best answer for it. Or maybe I had to click through three or four different websites. And then maybe I found a forum and I had to read what Sally123 had to say about this particular topic, right? Versus if there was a blog that actually nice and succinctly answered the question, gave me a little bit more, maybe supplemental information to really thoroughly answer the question to the point to where I feel like, man, I got everything that I needed from this particular article. Then that's going to rank higher in the Google search engine than anything else. So you don't have to be a great writer. You just have to be a little bit more apt to help someone get what they are looking for. The more you help other people get what they want in life, the more that you're going to end up getting what you want in life. That's an old Jim Rohn quote. And it really works when it comes to creating content on Google. So no, you don't have to be a great writer or anything like that. You just need to be willing to help a little bit more. How important are keyword searches and things like SEL to a person who's just thinking about doing this? Mm -hmm. Like how deep should they go into knowledge on these things? Keyword research will make or break your blog. If you do not do proper keyword research, it'll be the difference between your site making a couple hundred bucks a month and your site making a few thousand dollars a month. You mentioned earlier about how the old type of blogging is dead, right? So if I were to write an article and I titled it, I ate eggs for breakfast this morning. It's not going to get found on Google anytime soon. No one's going to find that because no one's looking for that. You go to Google to answer questions. Anytime you go to Google, it's a verb nowadays, right? If you got a problem, oh, what do you do? You Google it. You know, you don't Yahoo it. You don't Bing it. You Google it. So because it's become its own term, that's what you do with Google is you answer specific questions. What you should be doing is going online and you don't even need super expensive keyword tools to do this as well. You can literally just go to Google itself, type in whatever you want to write about. Maybe it's coffee. Type the word coffee and in the front of coffee, move your cursor to the front and then type the word how or why or should or can I or how come. Words like that, different types of question type words and Google will automatically suggest to you tons of keywords that you can write on that are more likely to be found in Google than if you were to just write an article that was titled coffee means, which ones are great, you know, something like that. You want to come up with a keyword that people are actually looking for on Google and then trying your best to to do SEO, as you mentioned, the search engine optimization by putting the keyword in specific places within the article so that Google, which is a machine, can read it, understand what's going on, and then rank it just like you know, finding a book in a library. It's a good way for them to categorize where your articles are going to go so that when someone comes later and asks that question, they can pull it, present it, get the question answered, and then they can move on with their day. Google's happy. The person who searched for it is happy. And I'm happy because they landed on my website. It's search engine optimization and keyword research is everything when it comes to blogging. I know that there's so many places where people can go and choose to be affiliates for an international audience to have an idea of different affiliate marketplaces. The number one place I'd probably recommend, and they're pretty international, and that would be Amazon. They have places pretty much everywhere. You do have to sign up for each individual country that you want for Amazon. So you might have to sign up one for the UK, one for the United States, one for Australia. It's just different in that particular thing. But that's usually like the catch-all. I wouldn't necessarily 100% recommend them as your primary source because as great as they are and as many products as they have, they pay very low commissions. Usually we're talking 
2%, 3% per sale. So if someone comes through and buys something for a hundred bucks, you know, you get $3 for it, which I mean, isn't the end of the world. That's, that's decent, but it's not anything to write home about. I like to go for products that are a little more expensive that you could probably get anywhere from 40 to $50 per sale for. And to get those kinds of things, usually you can do better going directly with manufacturers. And sometimes you can create relationships with these uh, managers who deal with their affiliate programs. One cool thing about affiliate marketing that a lot of people don't realize is that 90% of companies in the world, especially online, has an affiliate program. If you have a product that you like and that you use a lot, if you go to their website, scroll all the way down to the bottom and look for something that says affiliate program or partner program or something like that. Usually you can join and immediately get better percentages in terms of what you get back in affiliate marketing. Just as an example, I have one place that if you were to buy the product on Amazon, you'd get like, I think a 4% commission on it. But if you went to the actual manufacturer of the company and became an affiliate with them directly, you would get anywhere from 10 to 15% per sale. That's four times as much money as you would get per sale, which makes a huge difference in your bottom line at the end of the month, obviously. What is sort of the difference between blogging and content marketing, or is it the same, or is it somehow intertwined? Yeah, it's pretty much the same thing. Blogging is content. You're putting content out there on the internet to be consumed. We're sitting here participating in this podcast, right? I'm talking to you, Priscilla, you're talking to me, and we're creating content. That's what this is, right? And most people are consumers of content. 99% of people are consumers of content. You turn on your television set, you're going to watch someone who created something and put it there on TV. We almost kind of need to change our mindset in terms of stop consuming all the time and start becoming a creator. And content can be anything. It can be blogging, it can be podcasts, it can be a YouTube, it can be Instagram or whatever, you know, any type of way that you are creating and people are consuming what you create, once you kind of make that shift, all of a sudden the world is your oyster at that point because you realize that you can now start creating your own revenue without having to work a nine to five job. I remember when I made that connection that, wow, I did this and it made money and I didn't need my employer to do it. All of a sudden I can make my own money. I don't need you anymore, <laughs> you know? And uh, by doing that and being able to scale it effectively, you can really make some real huge changes to your everyday life. How do you suggest that people people promote their blogs? That one's a loaded question, to be honest, because there's so many places that you can do it. You can post it on Instagram. You can post it on Reddit or you can email people and post it on your Facebook and try to get people to get to it from there. Those ways, in my opinion, they don't work that great. At least they haven't for me for a long time. For me, the absolute best way to promote your blog is with Google. Google is by far the most consistent traffic source that you'll probably ever get on the face of the planet ever. There's 8 billion people in the world about and three and a half or so billion of those people use Google. That's the biggest number that you're ever going to get, right? And you only need a small fraction of those people in order to make a decent income. So by creating content online and using search engine optimization effectively and doing it right, you are in essence tapping into that three and a half billion people who actively use Google each and every month. And everything from just creating the content, using search engine optimization and letting Google just push it out there, it's probably the best way to market your blog. It's going to give you the most back and return on investment, either for your money or your time. And then another secondary one would probably be YouTube. YouTube's a great resource as well. Um, you do have to kind of get over the 
barrier of putting yourself out there, you know, but if you can get over that, it's an outstanding way to be able to drive more traffic to your blog. And I definitely recommend having a blog and then a YouTube channel because as great as YouTube is, you know, it's still YouTube, youtube.com slash whatever your channel is, but your blog or your website, it's yours. You know, no one can take that away from you. YouTube can't, you know, twitch their nose all of a sudden and your YouTube just disappears. That can happen. It's rare, but it can happen. But if you have somewhere that you can send people to a website that is kind of cordoned off because it's yours, you can collect people's email addresses and find a way to contact them further. And then that's a further way of marketing and promoting your blog as well as you're creating content. And then if you want to get completely out of the Google ecosystem, because Google does own YouTube, podcast is another great way to be able to do that as well and being able to grow your audience. So I guess in that order would be Google, SEO, YouTube, and then a podcast. We just got a whole lot of nuggets in this episode. Thank you so much for that. Chris, I always ask this, what is the number one book that you would recommend to someone starting out on this entrepreneurship journey and trying to go full-time with it? Yeah. So I guess one of the big things would have to be imposter syndrome, right? A lot of us don't feel as though we're qualified to talk about whatever it is we want to talk about. But you'd be surprised on a scale of one to 10, where 10 might be, you know, Tiger Woods and zero might be you just trying to get started, or maybe somebody who has no idea what's going on at zero. You don't have to be an eight or a nine in order to show somebody something. You can be a four or a five. And by being that four or five, you can teach the ones, twos and threes that are just trying to learn it. And I learned that from Expert Secrets by Russell Brunson. It's a really great book to check out and really kind of gets you over the idea that, oh, yeah, I can teach people this. You know, I can figure this out because you're ahead of a lot of people. So as long as you're one step further than the person you're trying to teach, usually you're going to be able to give them more information because you already have more experience. If you're an enthusiast, you enjoy doing it. It's something that you do already every single day or multiple times a week. You're going to inevitably know more about it than somebody who is just learning about it, who's just getting into it and wants to learn more. So Expert Secrets is one of the better books that kind of changed my thinking on this whole being able to, I don't want to say be an influencer. It's such a weird term, but you know, being in a position to where you can show other people something that you are already doing. Thank you so much for that recommendation. Now to our audience, please go to bloggerrevolution.com. The web- website is blogger evolution dot com and the podcast is blogger evolution as well be sure to go check me out there and that's my gratuitous plug <laughs> so there i show people how to do kind of what we've been talking about today and building up passive income blog using affiliate marketing and getting them to the point to where you can scale them to make not just a few hundred dollars a month but a few thousand dollars a month and then at that point you can kind of decide what you want to do and i have a free training over there that you can check out as well right there at bloggerevolution.com but definitely check me out on the podcast i am a talker if you hadn't been able to tell so you doing podcast podcast works out perfectly for me because I love helping. We have interviews as well. Where we talk to other people who are much further along than even I am in this space and, you know, the types of tricks that they're using in order to grow their income with their blogs as well. Yeah, so exciting. Please do check that out. It's Blogger Evolution. That's the name of the podcast with Chris Miles. Now, Chris, my last question is always, what has faith meant to you on your journey? Oh, everything, because it means having an anchor, right? Because there's so much of everything out there and it's hard to really focus on one thing. But usually if you have a set of statutes that you live by, not necessarily your own statutes, right? Statutes that you might get from a Bible or a book that you read or something like that, then you can finally hold yourself to a standard. And that way you have the right priorities. When I first got started with this, if making money was my priority, then I probably wouldn't have gotten very far with it. I ran other businesses before that didn't get very far because really the focus was just money. When my focus was trying to provide something for my family, you know, my son can have 
mommy care rather than daycare. That was a driving factor. Me trying to just provide for them really came through. And the statutes that I had and the morals that I tried to live by is what really drove that home. And because of that, it ended up being more successful than all the other businesses I had tried in the past. Oh, I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. Well, thank you so much for talking to us, Chris, and thank you for sharing so much. I know people are going to jump onto this, and please do execute on what you hear on the podcast. You only need to do one thing, take action and make a difference in your life. Thank you, Chris Miles. Yeah, no problem. Thanks so much, Priscilla, for having me on. If you got any value out of today's episode, please do me two massive favors. One, please share it with someone that you know would benefit from this information. And secondly, please leave us a review in your podcast listening app. This will help us grow the show and get bigger and bigger guests that will benefit you even more. Thank you so much for that. And again, thank you for your time. I absolutely value your time. Thank you for spending time with us listening to the Reinventing Perspectives podcast. Thank you and see you again next week. <laughs>